right. All right. Good morning, church. What a beautiful morning it is to give thanks and praise the Lord. And certainly weren't you blessed by our young people, the children, how they just from their mouth, how they can give thanks and give everything to God. Let's praise them. Let's praise God for our young people. What an amazing morning it is. And we're glad that you're here. You've joined us. And you know that you're here for a reason. And God has something to share with you. Not me, but certainly God has a word for each and every one of us. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, and you have been with us since the time that you have left our house and here, Lord, and you have brought us and we have been in your presence. And so, Lord, continue to speak to us. Continue to do your amazing work in us, Lord. If there are anything that is hindering us to listen to you right now, I pray that you will just get rid of it. Take it all away, Lord, and help us to focus on you, to hear your word. And certainly not my word. May it be your word that will come alive this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this time, for your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Why is it, church, that we must be reminded to set aside one day a year to be thankful? Have you ever thought about that? Should we not be thankful every day? Yeah, yes, but unfortunately, church, we don't always remember to do what we should. And that's why many holidays are set aside to remind us of what we should be doing. For instance, we need Mother's Day. We need Father's Day to remind us to honor our parents. And I believe it is the same thing with Thanksgiving Day. It is designed to remind us to be grateful because it's our human nature, whether we like it or not, it's our human nature to gripe and complain And that's why we need to be reminded every year. And if we ever get to the point, this is amazing, to the point of being grateful at all times, then I like this. We can set aside one day a year, and we can call it grumbling day. Wouldn't you like that? We got to let go one, right? Grumbling day. Then we can spend the other 364 days of being thankful. Can I hear an amen? Amen on that one, right? Well, Thursday will be, the, will be Thanksgiving Day in the United States. I am certain that we will all connect. We will all connect with our family and friends and sit around talking about and remembering the pilgrims who journeyed to the Mayflower and, and the first Thanksgiving, right? Right? Well, we all take time to, to be thankful and remember how they suffered how the pilgrims suffered so that we can have what we have today, right? Think about that. And Thursday will also be a day where we all can take time and reflect on how thankful we are for our life. Right, really? Isn't that what everyone does on Thanksgiving Day? Talk about the pilgrims and how they talk about history and how they got there. How many of you do that? Really? None of you? Well, I don't do it either. You kind of wish we would. But really, does anyone really do that? No, no, we don't. Don't we really just get together, watch some football, right? Football games, be with family and friends and eat all the food that you can 
eat and, and go to the mall for those who likes to shop. And even today in our world, now today, Thanksgiving Day is not even closed for many of the stores. The shops are open. And certainly the day after Thanksgiving is when the shopping begins, the major shopping begins, right? Well, that tells us, that should tell us how much America thinks about the pilgrims and giving thanks. And so this morning, like many other churches in America today, today is Thanksgiving Sunday, a Sunday where we focus our thoughts, and that's our goal. We focus our thoughts on giving thanks to our great God and mighty God. And I hope that we just don't give thanks only on this Thanksgiving Sunday, church, but that we continually give thanks. It should be this ongoing lifestyle of daily giving thanks to God. So a question is this for each and every one of us here today. Is, have you ever taken the time to think of what giving thanks really means or how we should do it? You see, there are a lot of scriptures, a lot of great scriptures that speaks of giving thanks. The scripture tells us in everything, give thanks. You saw that on the video. It is a decree from God. It is recorded by the Apostle Paul. It is a divine expectation. And the psalmist says this, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And the psalmist in 100 verse 4 says, give thanks to him, bless his name. And First Chronicles tells us in 7.17 says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. And Psalm 9.1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell you of all your wonderful deeds. And again in First Chronicles 16.34, I love it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Can I hear an amen to all of those? Amen. amen. You see, God has given us plenty. Church, plenty of reasons to thank him. Church, on a scale of 1 to 10, how thankful and grateful are you? 1 being ungrateful. That's not the option there. The option is 1 to 10. No. One being ungrateful and ten being grateful. Think about it. You don't need to tell me. Think about it. Are you grateful, thankful, and a joyful person? Or are you a depressed, grumpy, sad, mean, sour, and ungrateful Christian? Most of us would probably tend to grade ourselves pretty high, don't we? Don't we? But I hear more complaining, though. More complaining than thanking. Really, look around you. Look around you. There's a lot of complaining more than thanking. So which do you hear the most? See, our text this morning is from a letter, from the letter to the Thessalonians, written by the Apostle Paul to a community of believers just like us. You see, shortly after the accepted Christ, Paul wrote this letter, a letter that provided them some specific, talking about specific, specific instructions on what to do in following God. And Paul tells them to be joyful. That's pretty specific. 
to pray continually. And I want to focus on that other part of his instructions that is taken in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. That has to do with thanksgiving, our thanksgiving. And that it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For you and for me. Well, church, suppose you, for parents in the house, for the parents in the house, suppose you tell your son or your daughter to empty the dishwasher. Okay, for the parents in the house, then, and you, of course, they grumble and complain and slam the cabinets and rattle all the dishes and they're mumbling and under their breath the whole time they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then they say, and when they're done, they, they storm right past you and say, there, the dishwasher is done. And it's empty. And so, parents, what is your response? You're like, would any of you say, great, thank you, good job. Well, what is your reaction? Maybe it's more likely this. You better change your attitude, son. You better change your attitude, daughter. Well, this is for me. Get that attitude out the window or out the door and never let it come back. Attitude, church attitude. And many of us here this morning have some attitude this morning, aren't you? You came in with an attitude, and attitude matters, doesn't it? What is your attitude towards giving thanks to God this morning? You see, Paul's instruction to the Thessalonians and to us this morning is to give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances. That no matter what happens in life, whether life is going great, whether we are in the middle of a crisis or a challenge, we are still to give thanks to God. And in other words, no matter how bad you think your life may be, there's always something you can be thankful for. See, the problem is that instead of giving thanks for what God has blessed us with, we grumble, we complain about what we don't have or don't like. I know I'm one of them. Come on, I know I'm not the only one. Are there any of you that are just like that? Anyone else? Yes. Yes. But you see, this Thanksgiving, they say we're all in the same house. We're all in the same boat here. You're not alone. We're not alone. But here it is, church. Thanksgiving Day is approaches. Thanksgiving is upon us. So this morning, I'm going to look at two attitudes that each of us, we need to have in our lives about giving thanks to God. Just two. I know there are other attitudes out there, but just two. The first is this. If you have your notes, uh, sermon notes, you can fill it in. The first attitude that we want to look into is this attitude of selfishness. And you're probably sitting there and saying, uh-uh, Major Debbie, you don't want to go there. Well, I do, because we live in a selfish attitude society. We do, don't we? A society that focuses on me myself and I, and I'm not the only one. Me, myself, and I, that attitude of me first, I deserve it, and you owe it to me. That's a wrong attitude. It's a dangerous attitude. From television commercials to programs to movies, shopping malls, it's widespread. It's a widespread attitude of selfishness. It's sweeping all around our society, our culture. 
You see, our culture says you are entitled to have it your way when you go to Burger King. You feel entitled to, to, to a break today. In fact, you deserve a break today at McDonald's. And if you're in the fashion or beauty world, L'Oreal wants you to buy their products. Because what? Ladies, you're worth it. You're worth it. The attitude of entitlement says, I'm worth more than you. So I deserve more than you. We have to refrain, refuse from looking at what everyone else has and start looking at the blessings all around us that God has given us, church. The secret of happy life is not to get what you want, but to live with what you've got. That's not easy, but that's what makes us content. Some of us spend our lives concentrating on what we don't have instead of thanking God for what we already have. You've heard the old saying that says, and you've heard it before, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Have you experienced that lately? Think about it. When your power shuts down and suddenly when you become thankful, when the electricity comes on, how many of you are like, yay? <laughs> and when your garbage is piling up and it's not getting picked up and suddenly you're thankful for the garbage weekly pickup. Yep. Our, your car breaks down and suddenly you appreciate having a good, reliable transportation. And for those of us who are staff here at the Croc Center, we have a Croc Cafe right in the corner. And this week, it has been closed. And to be honest with you, we, are, we were like, really, the Croc Cafe is closed? I tell you, we appreciate the Croc Cafe now more than ever. <laughs> Talking about that. And see, the list goes on. But in our walk with God, church, we have a tendency to take God for granted, don't we? There is... Absolutely nothing we can do that is not dependent on him. Every breath we take depends on him to provide the oxygen as well as to make our lungs work. Paul says, and I like it because he talks about this to where everything we have is supplied by a source beyond us. And that is talking about God. Paul says in Philippians 4.19 that this same God who takes care of me, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. The money in our wallets was printed from a paper from trees that God made in the ground that he owns. The cars that we drive, church, were fitted together from the metal that God placed in the earth. If you are ladies of or man, you wear gold jewelry, we wear. It is from a deposit that God provided. You see, church, the word of God says over and over that God is the source of all things, isn't he? Of all things. And we know that he doesn't want us to forget the fact that he gave us everything that we have. And Romans tells us, for everything comes from him and exists by his power, and is intended for his glory, all glory to him forever. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. It is all his. Yet we are ungrateful at times, 
unhappy with what we have, wanting more of what we don't have, we're crazy. What's wrong with us? But here, this attitude of selfishness prevents us from focusing on God's graciousness. Selfishness prevents us from focusing on God's graciousness. And I have to share this story because it is a story that keeps reminding me over and over again about how selfish we can be. A young man was getting ready to graduate from college. He was sure that his wealthy father was going to buy him a car for his graduation. You see, because they have gone out and looked at cars together. So church, on come the night of graduation, see, the father calls his son into his study. And he tells his son how proud he is of him and how, how he how he's so proud of him that, you know, he hands him this nice, rapidly gift. It's wrap gift. And the young man uh, unwraps it and finds a Bible. Finds a Bible. He asked his father why he gave him a Bible. And the father said that it was his graduation present. And the young man, would you think, would be so happy about it, but he became angry angry and said to his father, with all your money, all you could buy me was this Bible? And he threw it, threw the Bible back to his father's desk, and he stormed out of the house, and never to come back. Well, years went by, and the young man became quite successful in his life, and one day he received a phone call that his father has passed on and that he needed to come home, and he sure did. He caught the first plane out, and when he got home, he realized just how long it had been since he left and saw his father. And as he, like many times you would go around, he would go around the house and look around, and he ended up in his father's study. And in that, in that room, in that study, he finds the same Bible where he just, where he left it many, many years ago. He picked it up and started softly and thumbed through it. And guess what, church? When he did a key drop from the back of the Bible. He picked it up and saw a card in the Bible as well. And he opened that card and read what his father had written to him. And it read this. Congratulations on your graduation, son. Here is the Bible and a key to your new car you picked out. The car is to get you where you are going, and the Bible is to keep you on the right road while you are traveling there. Love, Dad. In the card was a receipt, a receipt that says, a receipt from the card that said, paid in full. Church, how many times have we not received blessings from our Heavenly Father? Because we, are, we weren't, see, they weren't wrapped like they were like that Bible. How many times have we been so focused on what we want that we didn't recognize the blessing that God wanted us to have? See, it has been said that God is so much smarter and wiser than we are and that we, when we have decisions that must be made, church, we should rely on his judgment and not our own. I think that that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? But like all humans... We are, we struggle with the ability to do that. 
But when a decision comes up, the first thing we think of is what? What I want. Don't we? It should be this to where, what does God want from me? What does God want for me? You see, we need to receive his blessings in humility and love and not throw them away like the young man did. We have to stop, church. We have to stop being self-centered and become God-centered. No self-centered. We need to become, yes, to God-centered. So church, we can have an attitude of selfishness on this Thanksgiving, but we could also have an attitude of thankfulness. You see, an attitude of thankfulness, one of the most important qualities we can develop as a Christian is that of thankfulness. There are a few qualities that will influence our lives more than this one. Because you see, it can affect every area of our lives positively if we are careful to nurture it in our lives. For as a follower, as a Christian, this quality is not an option. This is to be a quality that defines you and me in this world. You and I will never be the follower we need to be without thankfulness as a major quality of our life. And and 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us of that attitude of thankfulness. We are to be thankful in all circumstances. You see, a little boy tried to understand that concept, the importance when he prayed before a meal that included things that he didn't like. And the boy says, Lord, I don't like the looks of it, but I thank you for it, and I'll eat it anyway. Amen. Church, some of us could use this prayer for the many of life's circumstances, don't we? Paul says to us today in everything, give thanks. Really? Paul? To give thanks in everything? Yes, we do. What about the difficult and painful situation that life often brings us or it is deal- you're dealing with today? Yes, give thanks. Are we to be grateful for suffering? Yes, be grateful for suffering especially if someone else is suffering. You see, having an attitude of thankfulness goes a long, long way, church. A person with an attitude of thankfulness is able to be thankful in every circumstances of life where there are good or there are challenging situations. You see, ultimately, these things that are going through doesn't define us. Because circumstances, by definition, are temporary. Here today and gone tomorrow. Our circumstances. But when we have God in our lives and we can see from God's perspectives, we have the ability to be the people with an attitude of thankfulness. See, this morning, church, we need to think of some of the blessings that God has given us in a lifetime. What do I have to be thankful for? Can you ask that to yourself? Ask yourself now, what do I have to be thankful for? Ask yourself that. Will you please? What do I have to be thankful for? No, say the word. Church, what do I have to be thankful for? Awesome. All right. Are you asleep up there? I'm almost done. 
we need to be thankful for. And I hope you can ask yourself that this morning because we can thank him for our physical life. If you feel like you've been through a lot and you've traveled on to it and you felt like you didn't get through it, but guess what? You got through it. Guess what? You're here today. Isn't that amazing? What else does, has God blessed us? Certainly, you might ha- not live in a mansion, but at least you have a roof over your head. You have a job that might pay you much or you might not even have one, but at least you know, as I see you, your needs are being met. Amen? And so, as I think about Thanksgiving, I think about all the things we can be thankful for and grateful, I think of one important thing this morning as well. The blessing that surpasses all the rest. In importance is, you see, God in his great love, he gave us his son, Jesus, to die on the cross and forgave us of our sins. And that's something we can be thankful for. And I am reminded again of a story of a judge who had a daughter, and his daughter received a speeding ticket. And you know what it's like to receive a speeding ticket, don't you? I hope I have not the only one. I did get a speeding ticket that I will never forget. He told, her, uh, he told his daughter that he would have to treat her like any other defendant when he came to her appearance in the court, and that he would have to show her the same justice he would show everyone else. And the day came when she had to appear in court, and he watched her walk down the aisle and stand in front of him, and looking up at him, he asked her, how do you plead? And she hung her head and started to weep, knowing that she had to enter a plea He asked her again. Through her tears, she said, guilty, and began to sob. So the judge hit his gavel and said he fined her a hundred dollar. Just a hundred dollar. And then he stood up. The judge stood up and took his robe off and walked down to his daughter. And putting his arm around her and holding her with tears in his eyes, he reached out to his wallet and took a $100 bill and paid her fine in full. And church, a story that illustrates a perfect illustration of what our Heavenly Father has done for each and every one of us this morning. God is righteous and a holy God, and he is just. And he will do anything he can to pay us to pay the the fine that's been placed in our lives so church what has God done for you what has God done for you this morning you see God has paid our fines in full and I think of that cross right there a symbol of what he has done and so in this Thanksgiving God has truly blessed us hasn't, hasn't he with physical need but more importantly our spiritual need How can we give thanks to God when we are in pain or deep struggle? How can we be thankful when we are battling a situation that is very overwhelming and you can't explain it and it doesn't make sense? How do we offer thanks when we don't feel like it? The only way we can be thankful in everything is through the grace and strength of Jesus. And 2 Corinthians sums it all up, and Paul does it for us. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift that is in Jesus. 
God's unending love, church, is amazing. And his amazing grace has given us, Jesus, the ultimate reason that we can be thankful for this morning. Because of what he has done and all the things that we're thankful for, I pray that this morning we can say this morning with passion and sincerity that we can say to Jesus, thank you for the act of sacrifice. Jesus, thank you for giving your life on the cross so that I, so that we might live with you throughout eternity. So let's celebrate this Thanksgiving Day and let us look upon this next scripture, our text for today, straight to the point, straight to the point, church. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, and can we all read it together as the worship team comes up? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. And church, as we end our time together this morning, simple, you've heard this message before, God has spoken to you, but certainly you can't just, I'm not going to leave you here without challenging you. Our goal is to challenge you and not to just come in and sit and leave like, ah, that was it. No, we want you to take what you've heard this morning and go and do something about it. To give thanks is what God says in his word. How are you going to give thanks this week? And I want to just give you two challenges, practical challenges that I know we all can do. Even the younger ones, the elementary ones, the high schoolers. And that is, first of all, if you've been given a sheet that looks like this. You can do this by yourself. You can do it as a family. It says, what am I thankful for? List down some things what you're thankful for. I'm certainly thankful for my family, for Major Phil, my husband, for my kids, Micaiah and Gabby, and certainly I'm thankful for God, for what he has done in my life. Church, do this, and I encourage you this morning. And lastly, I want to encourage you to take a card that you were given. It is a thank you card. You can't, get, you can't have an excuse because I'm already giving it to you. And I want you to take it and write someone, send someone a note. Or whoever you want. Write a note to God, you can do that. And open it in a different time. But send someone a note and say, thank you for what you've done in my life. For being an encouragement to whatever it may be. Two challenges. But certainly to, this morning as we let you go, before we go, the worship team is going to sing a song. Certainly, we want to have an attitude of thankfulness. Isn't that what we want, church? Yes? yes. But guess what? We can't have a thank, an attitude of thankfulness if there is an attitude of selfishness in our heart. And so in the time that as the worship team sings a song about a heart of worship, I want you to reflect upon your heart. If there are any slight or a bit of selfishness in us, in you this morning, I pray that you ask God to get rid of it. It is part of our nature, but we have to keep asking for God to help us. And I pray that you will come to a place of prayer. Our staff will, will, will be willing to pray with you. So come and respond and, li- and leave this place with an attitude of thankfulness, knowing that your heart is centered on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to take want to take this time to pray for you. I don't know what God has been speaking to you this morning, but I know he is speaking to you. 
And if you have a request that you want me to pray for, and I just want to lift it up to the Lord for you and leave it at his feet at the cross. Go ahead and just raise your hand up, and I want to lift you up in prayer. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the reminder. God, we ask for your forgiveness for, for forgetting many things. But Lord, may we not forget what you've done to, for each and every one of us and how much you love us and how you died on the cross for us, Lord. And so, Father, in, in the attitude of selfishness, we ask that you get rid of that, Lord, and help us to work in each of them, Father. That in time when we're selfish, that you will remind us that we need to place that with an attitude of thankfulness, a quality that you want us to have. And Father, this morning, your words is to give thanks in all circumstances. And may we claim that because it is your will for us. And so, Father, in every hands that were raised, even the hearts that's been lifted or prayers being brought to your altar, may we give it to you, Lord, that you meet each need, Father God. We thank you for this opportunity and the privilege of being your sons and your daughters. We praise you and we go forth right now knowing that this week is all about you, not about us. So we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.